welcome to the Industry Insights Podcast. You'll hear leaders discuss trends within their industry, emerging business models, and how your industry is evolving. And now, here's your host, Tim Charlton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Industry Insights Podcast by Manufacturing Asia in partnership with SAP. I'm Tim Charlton, publisher of Manufacturing Asia. In this podcast, we will discuss digitization of the manufacturing industry, opportunities for industry players, trends and shifts in the Asia-Pacific region since the pandemic, and what exactly is Industry 4.0 and what are the benefits to manufacturers. Joining me today to discuss all of these is Calvin Saw, Industry Business Architect of SAP. Calvin provides thought leadership and drives strategic customer architectures across multiple industry segments to drive growth through digital transformation with the adoption of SAP technology and industry best practice. He has extensive and broad experience in helping organizations identify levers, business processes, re-engineering, and strategy. Welcome, Calvin. Thank you, team. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, it's good to have you here today. We have a lot to talk about, and uh, there's a lot of change going on, brought around by uh, by COVID, but uh, everything we're hearing is it's accelerating people's and companies' desires to re-engineer and uh, look at their technology stack, and none more so than manufacturers. So... Let me start by asking you about digitization in the manufacturing industry. Why is it booming right now? Thank you, Tim. Right. So I think um, digitization is the um, is transforming the DNA of industrial manufacturing. If you look at it today, digitally smart manufacturers are trying to gain competitive advantage. You know, by exploit, uh, exploiting emerging technologies and trends. You know, such as digital twinning, predictive maintenance track and trace and modular design, for example. Um, but obviously, you know, pressure from the customer that we see today, right, in terms of um, the new regulation, advances in information technology, are all of the reasons that actually pushing manufacturing organization to digitize their business processes, their, their front office to back office transformation and so on. So to avoid that, they fall behind the new breed of market-leading digital champions that are emerging on, you know, from time to time, right? So why is it much more amplified and, uh, and get accelerated if you look at it in the last six or nine months, basically? Yes, you rightly mentioned that, you know, people are talking about COVID, right? So I think digitization of um, be it your manufacturing processes or your back office operations actually contributes to the sustainability, at least in the initial phase of the COVID. But what we are looking at it, potentially we can discuss much more later is that, you know, it will be much more of a, of a new normal, you know, moving forward for the players out there in the market. Yeah. Yeah, of course, manufacturers may have felt that, hey, we just make the product, let all the technology implementation get put on at the selling side and the marketplaces and all those sorts of things. But uh as you just highlighted earlier, they have to be careful they don't get overtaken by, you know, new breed manufacturers that are that are really, I guess, teched up would be a good term from the get-go. So perhaps you can explain how is digitization transforming the manufacturing industry and what has changed? Yeah. So first of all, I mean, maybe you would like to touch a bit about COVID, right? I mean, COVID has hit, you know, manufacturers in an unexpected and unprecedented way, Um at least for the six or nine months, and I'm not. We are not too sure, you know. We also can't predict, you know, how how long will it be in, in the next 
future six to nine months from now in, in 2021. It very much depending on the, the vaccines that are actually, you know, are still in the testing towards the end of the testing phase that is going to emerge in the market, right? So, but obviously, if you look at modern manufacturing in, the, in, the, in history, right, for the first time whereby demand, supply, workforce ability are all affected globally at the same time, right? So, but, but then it very, as a manufacturing, it's very much depending on in which segment that you serve, right? What has changed because it's also, it does not have a one size, one size fits all kind of equation. It very much depending on the market that you serve, for example, I mean, uh, if you look at, you know, for example, in the food manufacturing industry or personal healthcare or pharmaceutical industry, right? Um, these are the ones that are struggling to meet the demand, you know, at the initial state of COVID, for example, due to some panic buying that we, we, we saw, right? So let's pick one, one interesting point about, you know, let's say the, the, the uh, personal healthcare industry, you very much depending on the market that you serve. For example, if you are much more in the mom and pop shop, you know, brick and mortar store, that's where that's where potentially, you know, those, those companies are slightly more affected during the initial state of COVID. Whereas the more digitized um, companies out there, right, that has already has sort of digitization in terms of, let's say, their customer outreach or, you know, they have adopted direct to consumer model and all that through digitization. It's, try, it's much more resilient, not to say that, you know, they, they emerge you know, they are successful in those phase, but they, they are much more resilient uh, in those times. Yeah. So obviously, you know, every man, or every major manufacturer is now ex, ex, um, what you call um, experiencing disruption across the supply chains as well in terms of parts and uh, materials because, you know, majority of the manufacturers within the Southeast Asia market or APJ market, majority of the raw material supply comes from, let's say, China and so on. That's where, you know, um, yeah, I think in terms of uh, digitization of, let's say, the connectivity with their suppliers plays an important role as well. Yeah, we saw that, didn't we? We saw people trying to get the masks and everything and, and, and supply chain disruption. And the thing you touched on there, which I think is interesting, and hopefully we get that later, is manufacturers are now looking at should they adopt a direct-to-customer model rather than traditionally making it and supplying their you know, intermediaries and then they then go on to retailers. So we'll get on to that a little bit later. But right now, where do you think are the key opportunities for industry players? If you're a manufacturer, where would you really be looking at? So I think um, as a manufacturer today, you know, going through this particular um, disruption uh, or trying to be resilient, you know, in the recent times, um, what I, I mean, based on my experience of, you know, meeting a lot of customers virtually, obviously, you know, in, through Southeast Asia within the last six months, I think I can now do three meetings in three different countries in the day, you know, it was not like this in the past, right? So, so we, are, we are looking at, you know, um, at the earlier stage, companies are trying to respond, right? Quickly respond into doing, do, having those quick wins to react to changes in the market, uh, to those disruptions, for example, making sure that they have sufficient supply or sufficient workforce to actually keep the lights on, right? So in terms of, let's say, the long-term manufacturing um, priorities that we look at it, you know, potentially the new norm that we call it, uh, for manufacturers within Southeast Asia or APJ, right? Um, there are four areas that, you know, um, that actually has a lot of uh, opportunity for industry player out there, right? 
First of all, I think we start with one is basically the revival of domestic manufacturing. If you look at um, the, 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 the domestic manufacturing space, because certain countries, you know, has become so reliant, especially on offshore supplies for basic needs, for example, right? So now we are seeing the downside of the decades of offshoring production because, you know, certain parts or certain requirements to keep the economy running and growing is that uh, obviously you don't have, the, you have those border closure or transport disruption. That's where some, sometimes the basic necessities are actually um, has, a, has a panic buying or outage in certain location. Right. So if you look at the um, globally, yes, we, if you come down to Asia market, as per se, if you look at recently in Japan, for example, in April in 2020, I think one of the stimulus package by Shinzo Abe, the prime minister of Japan, actually announced a massive uh, stimulus package, you know, to en encourage local organization to shift their manufacturing plants back to Japan. Yep. So that's one of the revival of domestic manufacturing. The other area we look at it is basically decoupling of supply chain, right? So obviously supply chain has experienced an unprecedented level of shock, you know, especially for manufacturers who rely on long and inflexible supply chain with limited, limited sets of supplier. So potentially, you know, we, we talk about one or two suppliers within a certain location, for example, China, right? But nowadays, we talk about decoupling of supply chain is basically you want to look for more alternative supply and also those supplies potentially might come from different location. Yeah. So that's one of we talk about potentially the, the, the second one, right? On the third one, I think um, you when we initially we talk about digitization, right? So obviously digitization later on, we talk about industry 4.0 later on. I think that's one topic that we want to cover. But I think data has become more important, you know, uh, in the recent times, you know, especially COVID crisis has made, you know, having access to reliable and real-time data uh, is an absolute necessity for co coordinating, for example, for example, the right response, be it the medical response or business response. Yeah, to making sure that, you know, um, strategic resource are, are being deployed, you know, across multiple facets of business and society. And last one, digitization, the topic that we brought up, right? Actually, digitization is the new going going into the new norm or into the long-term basis is basically will be a competitive advantage or, or basically a, a, a mandatory need, if, if you ask in my opinion, right? So uh, I mean digitization is not new, you know, in the in the in the if you talk about to the manufacturing players out there, but somehow certain organizations are delaying the process of adopting technology, right? Because they have a lot of backlog orders depending on the industry. Yeah. So obviously when we time, when times comes, you know, a lot of things happen so quickly. That's where you need those digitization to, to basically achieve resiliency, right? By creating, you know, be it financial flexibility or operational flexibility, yeah, to, to, to make sure that they are still able to operate and keep the lights on. Yeah. So I think these are the four areas that, you know, potential the industry players should focus on in terms of um, being resilient, you know, in the new norm. Yeah. And what other trends and shifts have you seen in the manufacturing sector in recent months since the pandemic? As you go around the region virtually and do mm -hmm. your three meetings in a day, yeah. what are your customers telling you? Are they changing and where would they like to change? Yeah. So I think... Um, 
the trends and things that you know organization are really looking at number one you know um is obviously customer is the key asset of each and every organization um so i think enhancing customer engagement or digitizing uh let's say you no know, one the back office business processes are some of the the amplifying needs or trends you know to manufacturers out there yeah so as an sap as a company we also assist our um, customers out there or prospects out there and actually achieving that right so i think um if you google you go, if you google you know um we, we actually have some covid initiatives being shared with our prospects and customer out there some some um short term offerings for example recently we talk about the workforce employee uh, health checks and so on so these are some of the the engagement that has been have become an important um strategic um initiatives by organization the other part is basically um supply chain uh, resilience is also another important topic i think if you speak to any of the analysts out there you know supply chain has become the the nearest things that they talk about right the the business part the, the key priority they talk about i think achieving resiliency of supply chain comes in not only about execution or we only only talk about supply yeah but i think we talk about end to end basically designed to operate um um that that designed to operate on the end to end supply chain maybe we can we can we can talk in detail about that so the the basic the basic thing is that basically you in order to have a resilient supply chain is basic is to have an end to end connectivity on all the individual business processes basically from the point of design for example in terms of plm right people talk about plm product design that's where i think in as part of the industry for the whole topic maybe i also talk about for example how do you design a product is basically to understand the needs of the customer based on certain data points that you, you know the usage of certain products and you enhance the products the other part is basically on the planning stage right so planning is basically yes everyone can make a plan right because many years ago when when i was a a precious consultant for a supply chain planning organization whenever i meet manufacturers within the manufacturing industry they tell me yeah i actually have a very good planning tool which is microsoft excel yeah that, that is basically the the largest or the most uh, um adopted planning tool in the world right because they can easily have so be, be so flexible to make a plan but it takes a lot of time but nowadays when we talk about supply chain planning with a sophisticated you know or a ai enabled tool is basically for you to quickly react to those changes for example you know if let's say your shop floor being down in certain location how do you shift those demand and being fulfilled by another you know manufacturing facilities on the other side of the world yeah so i think supply chain resilience is um, the, is one of the opportunities um the other one is basically automation right automation yes automation has also been uh, overlooked you know in at least in the past two years for example if you look at certain it depends on the maturity of the organization uh, um, team for example if an um, organization who has much more advanced you know in terms of technology adoption i think you know they knows the importance of you know ai and automation but obviously if you speak to organization who has been out there for the last 30 to 40 years you know have the 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 so called um the older generation maybe right i'm not to say the older generation do not innovate but obviously they they think that you know the business is still there to run um day on day basis is still is still okay you know but when 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 whenever when time comes when things changes that automation become a key 
then that's where there's a rush, right? So moving forward, automation has been a trend. So one example I like to pick is basically one of the pharma companies in 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 Philippines, right? So they 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 are they still adopted adopt certain very traditional business process, you know, pre-COVID times, right? Um, they are a pharmaceutical distribution company, for example. They they accept sales order via emails into a, a for a person to actually and punch it in into the ERP system, for example. But during the COVID time, obviously the number of people, you know, ability of workforce has become limited. That's where I think automate they they actually adopted RPA, you know, just to just to basically process those sales orders. So you can imagine that, you know, um, yeah. Automation has become a much more of a, a game changer moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I guess companies that don't offer that uh, to their clients as well are sort of going to be at a disadvantage. I understand that clients might like to just send an email in, but you know, eventually you want to move things to to, to the new program and the, and the way it's done, rather than having a lot of people involved in the process all along the way. So I can I can see that. Which brings us to our next point. Can you just explain for us exactly what is Industry Four how can manufacturing businesses integrate some of the associated technology into their operations? Yeah, good point, Tim. So I think Industry 4.0 is is, is become a um, is become a, a real need. You know, um, if you look at the the potential um, manufacturing wave moving forward, right? So obviously. Um, Industry 4.0, when we started Industry 4.0, people talk about sensors. If you, you ask different different people for their opinion, they will talk about sensors. They are talking about smart manufacturing and, and all that. But it's actually much more than that, right? But obviously, the, the, the acceleration of Industry 4.0 become, um, is, I mean, the, 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 um, the topic become accelerated because, number one, as the cost of sensors truly reduce and the ecosystem uh, becoming more mature, right? I mean, if you look at cost of sensors today, if you visit each and every manufacturer companies out there who purchased their, their machine in the last one or two years, I will say 90% of the machines comes with sensors nowadays, right? Um, yeah, so but then the question is always when they come and speak to us as software companies that, hey, you know, how can we utilize our sensors data? How can we, how can we create a use cases out of it? Yeah, so I think ecosystem has become more mature. I think companies are actually utilizing that to develop intelligent product, right? Or assets, you know, to capture more information and integrate. I think the, the goal is basically to integrate more deeply into the horizontal business processes. Right. This has given industry for the older potential to move from a factory focused initiative to a company wide business process strategy initiative. So what do I mean by that, right? So if you look at industry for the oh yes, it, it all start with you know the, the conversation about sensors, about AI and all that. So I think um, basically you know company are trying to utilize those um, sensors data, for example, to actually develop intelligent products and asset for uh, asset to actually capture more information and integrate more deeply into the horizontal business processes, right? So it's actually shifting from, uh, for example, from a factory-focused initiative to a company-wide business strategy. So yes, um, when we start, when, we, when Industry 4.0 started, we talk about sensors, we talk about AI, you know, and, and all these technologies out there. But if you look at it today, right, in terms of the goal of, Industry 4.0 integrating to the business is basically how how do you prioritize different stakeholders and priority within your business? Yeah. 
So in SAP, typically when we speak to our organized, our customer and our prospect with regards to industry form or topics, you know, we will advise that, you know, we, we try to design the process and automation, number one, we put always put customer at the center of the ecosystem, right? And number two, maybe your employee as a second priority within the ecosystem. And lastly, the supporting business processes that surrounds it, right? So you look at, you know, uh, that's where we call it, you know, we create an entire digital thread, right? Because it's all these elements are all interconnected. So if you start that, for example, at the customer end, right? So how do you utilize, how do we integrate using industry 4.0, um, uh, basically the census data down to your product design, for example, making sure that because census data actually contains, for example, a car, be it a car or a machinery, you're able to actually know that, you know, typically how does a person drive the car, um, the, the machines, uh, the, the reaction of the machines and, and, and so on, or the engines and so on. And how do you actually utilize those data, for example, to redesign and redefine your, your, um, the next generation or next version or release, for example. That's where we start from the customer ends of things. And obviously, based on the census data, you can also utilize those census data to actually redefine and re, re uh, what do you call, um, reimagine the way how do you run operational excellency in terms of assets. That's where you know it impacts number one your operations, number two the em the, the employee that actually runs the, the the operations in the shop floor, for example, and and also obviously from there you can also look at utilizing those data to actually do the quality checks and and uh, you know change change uh, uh, and on any changes with regards to your manufacturing facilities, yeah. So that that will be that will be the the key. That will be the, the basically the vertical and horizontal integration of sensors, technology, as well as business. On the other hand, uh, obviously through the entire journey of Industry 4.0, like I mentioned, you know, we, we obviously has a lot of data being collected through the entire journey, right? So Industry 4.0 also potentially looks at, you know, um, re redefining and recreating new, potentially new business model out there for those manufacturer suppliers. Yeah. For example, you know, how do they monetize the amount of data they have collected, for example, to supply to their uh, to party uh, hardware supplier and so on. Yeah. Yeah, so it really is two ends, isn't it? One's on the internal processes and, and one is with the customers. And I think they're quite different outcomes. So I've been looking lately at a lot of um, power companies, right? And typically, the owners of the uh, power producing assets, the power plants, sit up the top, and they may very rarely get an engineer's report. But you know, they're looking at things in the rearview mirror. Uh, and uh, what you say is definitely something's happening now because we're seeing a lot of cases where they actually will apply those sensors where you talked about sensors are much cheaper. They're putting lots of sensors in to old equipment, combining it together for a dashboard. And the management now and even up to the owner of the asset can see how it's performing by the minute. They don't have to wait to get a report the next day from the engineer that something happened. And I think the other thing you, you made is getting all of the big data from the customers. And I think Tesla's a good example of that. One of the reasons that they're ahead is not just that they have a battery car, but because they have so much data and they're improving the experience all the time. And I think a lot of manufacturers would would, would have to be worried that if they don't move with the times with the technology and and do this sort of stuff, they might get uh, they might have what happened to them. What Tesla has done to the automotive industry, you know, 
you really need to to do the technology iot you know industry 4.0 across your processes and in your products i can absolutely see that so what would you say then are the key benefits of adapting an industry 4.0 model for manufacturers yeah so i think yeah industry 4.0 is um it creates a lot of values you know from industry from an industry specific approach to a business goals and challenges approach you know from from a company outlook perspective right so i think there are actually five areas that we we'll talk about in the, in terms of benefit for for manufacturers out there that are adopting industry 4.0 so obviously number one is all about increase of competitiveness out there right so i think in terms in terms of increase of com- competitiveness is basically against the peer you know uh, who potentially do not adopt automation and digitization meaning that you know obviously we talk about producing more with less for example you have number one uh, obviously industry photo involves sort of automation right it's all basically producing with automation basically you are reducing potential headcounts and reskilling your headcounts not to say you lay them off right but obviously potentially able to reskill your 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 workforce to do much more of a value added job you know in in other department for example um obviously that's one of them to look at the other area to look at in terms of automation is i think during the covid time right we we have we obviously you also observe is that you know the number of people that can actually stays within and within a, a particular manufacturing facilities or your distribution warehouse uh it depend, depends on where you are i think because um the dance out phase actually um we, we are actually looking at a different dance out phase in different countries depending on the regulation of the country so i think um, in managing the workforce you know with automation is also differentiating right in terms of increasing of competitiveness um yeah then the other part is basically um to 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 also safeguard the assets and actually sweating the asset right i think if you are speak to some of the uh, utilities uh, companies out there is all about sweating the asset you know how basically how you relies on sensors data and and um and um sensor data and dashboarding to actually you know give those important insights to make quick decisions right um so i think the other part is basically on customer centricity right customer centricity is basically with the with the new revolution of industrial 4.0 it actually opens up a new way for manufacturers out there is to actually integrate themselves understanding the customer needs and preference like I mentioned in the earlier part of the conversation Yeah I think th- this is a benefits from coming out from the revolution right um integrating basically you you can able to actually um get those direct data sharing for example um from those machineries or vehicles that they use uh, based on the f- those feedback you know um we, we obviously can redesign something or re- reimagine re- redefine or release something that is really um addressing the customer's needs that that is the key uh the other one is also based on those data how do you enhance quality avoid false you know in be in the final product that you produce as well as production risks potentially might occur in the manufacturing process and obviously lastly is more important for for top line is basically accelerate the time to market or we call it potentially now we we talk about time to volume right so um the other part i think in terms of collaboration um it increase the benefits uh, in terms of benefits of collaboration um obviously nowadays with technology and digitization 
the communication to your business partner out there, be it your raw material supplier or your or your um, um, asset supplier, for example, your asset principal or your logistic partner out there, is no longer delayed because we talk about as part of in the, one of the characteristic of industry 4.0 is about the collaboration network, right? So collaboration network here we talk about does not mean that you know uh, in those days we prepare a report and we email the report to you know our business partner out there and then they they read it a day or two later on right so it's all about real time collaboration for example if you talk about supply chain planning how do you make sure that all those you know upstream demand changes are communicate to your supplier in near real time in making sure that you know they are able to switch their supply accordingly and also to react to your demand changes. Um, in terms of collaboration, for example, your logistic partner out there or your freight forwarding partner out there um, is all about, you know, there is, if there's, there's any delay or, or, or delay in shipping or arrival of your, of your container, for example, you know, then you are able to know that in near real time, right, in order to react to, to, to all those small, small changes, you know, that's happening, especially in these recent times, yeah. So I think the other part is basically the impetus of expon exponential technologies. I think the conversation about 3D printing, uh, 3D printing technologies in, in the design phase and so on is also um, has those you know, um, benefits to organization, especially in the design phase, when we talk about time to market and time to volume. And lastly, I think more importantly is uh, for organize the benefit of organization, the, more, the last and most important one is for their talent out there, right? So obviously with the adoption of, let's say, you know, the advanced technology like, you know, IoT, big data, automation has actually swift and changed the, um, the, talent, the talent pool in the industry out there. Potentially, um, employee out there might be doing, you know, a daily, a daily routine job. But obviously with automation, um, I think it's much more beneficial to look at it is basically a potential and a chance, right? To actually let those employees within an organization that has been doing the same job day-to-day -day basis for the last decade to actually reskill themselves to do other, other, other new jobs, you know? So these are the areas that put, and benefits that, we, that at least from my observation and my opinion that we've seen um, from manufacturers has adopted industry 4.0, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, true. People don't want to be walking around with clipboards and paper and, and filing reports. Uh, you know, people are used to having everything instantly available and instantly communicatable on electronic devices. So you definitely need to do that o overlaying of the processes with the digital uh, twinning mm. and processes through. So I guess finally, what do you think are some of the challenges that businesses should address when transforming their operations and how can they solve them? Yeah, so I think um, in terms of challenges of digitization and adoption, I think there are two areas that, uh, um, three areas that I'd like to emphasize on. Right? Number one is that um, what is the business goal of, you know, of the organization, of the executive, you know, who wants to achieve as an outcome of this particular, we call digital transformation journey, right? Or industrial for the old journey in, in whatever, you know, initiative they call it. But end of the day, it's all about what, because it's all about what kind of business benefit that they want to achieve, you know, in, in let's say in the next three to five years time, depending on the strategic plan. We have seen organization who wants to, for example, 
um, achieve zero a near zero downtime. You know, we talk about certain organization who wants to achieve will double their profitability by by two folds within 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 the next five years by by re, by re, relooking into new business model and so on. So I would say number one is all about the goal setting from the C-suite level themselves. Um, the other part, when we move down the, the value chain or, or the, the, organ, or the org chart of an organization, so from, from the C-suite and executive board members, then we talk about the operational, lab, operational team, right? Operational team is all about change management because in you know, an organization we have been seen is that they have, do, they have do the same thing for the last 10 to 20 years, you know? But obviously you want to, number one is about fear, yeah? Change management and fear because number one, reluctant to change and fear is basically that, you know, potentially I might lose my job, you know, as part of this particular initiative, right? So I think it's all about managing those change. The number one is about business goal. Number two is um, about change management. And lastly, when we talk about planning to execution, when we go into the, the entire digital transformation journey, um, some organization came back to us and say that, hey, you know, Calvin, uh, we are not that successful. Uh, after the implementation, we will talk about, oh, okay, so how, how do you measure the success criteria? I think a well-defined success criteria in through, through the entire journey is, is also an, uh, the last item that I want to talk about because potentially you might plan that, you know, this journey takes three years, but, you know, in, but in reality is that when you go up to three years, you have not really seen the true benefits. That's where potentially you might revise and, and um, change the plan, for example. So I think these are the three keys, but it's mainly about goal setting, change management, and KPI setting team. Yeah. Yeah, I think also, you know, we look at so many new brands are coming into the marketplace to compete against traditional manufacturers, companies that didn't even exist two or three years ago, and they start digital from the get-go with their processes, their planning, their procurement, and everything. And so really existing manufacturers, I think, just have to uh, retool their businesses with that digital layer for industry 4.0. Or they risk, you know, a new competitor into their industry coming in and uh, doing things more with more agility, I guess. Now, all very good topics there, Calvin. People who want to talk with you further about it and uh, find out, you know, what, what actually works and what takes longer and things like that, how can they best reach you? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously happy to talk about, you know, if any any of the um, audience out there who wants to explore digitization and industry for the old topic, I think it's a very large topic to discuss. I'm always reachable via, we can obviously connect via LinkedIn. Um, we can definitely connect. Um, we, we definitely can connect from there, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Calvin Zor, thank you very much. Thanks, team. Thanks, thanks everyone. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our channel on Spotify and Google Podcast. For more information, check out manufacturing.asia and sap.com slash SEA for more information on Industry 4.0.